Hello and welcome to the We Run This podcast, a show about the Stanton College Prep Class of 2010 and how we continue to kill it 10 years on. I'm Paula Bautista. So here we are on the final episode of the podcast, and somewhat as importantly, uh, the final day of 2020 as a whole. While this past year wasn't one where we could have predicted uh, in any way, shape, or form, and you know, certainly wasn't one we may have hoped for, I can't say it was all bad, honestly, especially given the fact that I was able to listen all of the stories on the podcast from our guests over the last nine episodes, and the fact that I was able to actually do this podcast because of all the things that happened this year. Finding the silver linings, y'all. Obviously, this episode is going to be a little bit different from the past few as I don't have any long interviews I've curated or conducted with any of our guests. Uh, instead, I've got a couple of segments I've put together with your help and feedback. So without further ado, let's hop in. So first off, one of the things that so many people have asked me about is my own story. Here I am sharing everyone else's story, but what have I been up to? What have what has Paulo been doing? Well, on one hand, as editor and producer, it's kind of a privilege I have to stay behind the camera or the microphone in this case. Uh, but I can't ignore the will of the people, so while I have given a few tidbits here and there throughout the series so far about what I've been up to, I figured I might as well share the whole story with you guys if you'll indulge me in this final episode. So after graduating from Stanton, I made my way up to Philadelphia to attend the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, shout out to Mayank Gupta and Kristen Johnson, who also came up with me to the city of brotherly love. I came in wanting to study finance with the goal of becoming an investment banker and making lots of money with the goal of turning that around and becoming a venture capitalist to you know, invest back into startup companies to you know, help save the world. Uh, however, a couple of things uh, sifted me off of that path. Uh, first off, I found that I didn't really have the temperament to do finance. You know, uh, I'm very much still a fan of spreadsheets and numbers. That's how I organize a lot of the pre-productions for this podcast. But I just don't have the same enthusiasm for poring over balance sheets and financial statements as many of my friends and classmates were. And, you know, working at a student-run credit union uh, kind of reinforced that the atmosphere of working at a financial institution just wasn't for me. So what was I going to do then? Uh, well, I fortunately found a different direction. Uh, if you remember, the year we began Standard in 2006 happens to also be the same year that YouTube was started. And watching content creators on that platform tell their own stories and indulging in their passions really inspired me. And as I said many times over the years, I became a fan of the passion of people, right? Uh, some examples, you know, in college, uh, I joined a b-boy group and started to learn hip-hop dance. And, you know, a lot of my technique that I learned came from watching YouTube videos. Uh, similarly, I also got super involved in exploring my identity as an Asian American, uh, particularly through my extracurriculars. So, you know, likewise, on YouTube, it was pretty much a revelation to see, you know, the largest creators on the platform, Wang Fu Productions, Ryan Higa, Kev Jumba, and so many more, all being Asian American, especially in a time when Asian American representation on mainstream media wasn't quite at the level it is today, um, which granted, there still is a lot of work to do, even with Crazy Rich Asians. So, you know, with this in mind, I didn't consider myself a creative person at the time, actually. I was still very much pigeonholing myself into being the numbers and spreadsheets guy. Um, I did do some videography for acapella shows and dance groups for a little bit of extra cast, but, you know, 
I didn't feel that I had the artistic spark in myself. What I did think though was, you know, if I'm pursuing an undergraduate business degree, let me find a way to help these content creators pursue their passions, right? So they can focus on the creative element of whatever it is they're passionate about, dance, is an identity, solving Rubik's cubes on your head, whatever. Perfect that craft while I focus on helping them make money. Eventually I found a way to be through digital advertising. Now, even with that direction, it wasn't always super easy. I had some internships in college, you know, at YouTube and Comscore, but uh, ended up graduating actually without having a job in place. And, you know, it actually did a number on my mental health senior year after burning myself out from being just super involved in my extracurriculars and overcommitting, especially with all my peers around me finding jobs at these prestigious companies. Um, however, you know, with, with a little bit of time, uh, I was able to eventually find a job a little bit after graduation, working at a advertising technology company here in New York City, where I've been ever since. Now, without getting too much into details, ad tech is basically a field that connects advertisers and websites that have an audience that they want to sell advertisement to. There's a lot of nuances to the technology, but suffice to say, you know, the best well-done ad tech companies essentially allow those content creators to maximize the amount of revenue they're getting for the number of eyeballs that they have. Uh, which in my head, you know, if my goal is to help content creators pursue their passions, helping them maximize the revenue in that way is what I was all about. I continued doing that for about five or six years, right? I hopped from ad tech company to ad tech company, maybe moving uh, closer and closer to working directly with uh, content creators, but not in the sense that I was actually creating content myself. And you know, maybe it was that fact that I was getting closer and closer to the content creators. Maybe it was just me listening and watching to so many podcasters and YouTubers inspiring me. Uh, I finally decided to make the leap this year to really try and pursue making my own content, you know, or at least try. The first podcast I made for myself was actually about a year ago, it was the Oscars Death Race podcast where I decided to document my journey to watch all 50 some odd movies that were nominated for last year's Oscars. And I'm actually gonna be doing that project again this coming February if you are interested in that sort of thing. And I found the act of creating something to reflect my own hobby so powerful. Instead of simply passively consuming what I'm interested in and not really getting a lot more out of it, forcing myself to make a podcast on a regular basis about a hobby I was already interested in made me think about it more critically and engage with it more actively. Uh, from the Oscars Death Race podcast, I've branched out to other topics. I've made a anime podcast. I've made a Magic the Gathering podcast, which I picked up here in New York. Um, and you know, combining my love for numbers and spreadsheets with my love of movies, I started a weekly box office watch podcast where I look at how much money movies are making and why. Which, granted, has been pretty interesting to do during a pandemic year when all the movie theaters are closed, but I made it work. And I'm even starting a limited run podcast, you know, the same day this episode comes out called Year in Memes, where I do a look back at the year that was through the lens of the memes we shared to better understand how they reflect us and our society. You may actually hear a familiar voice from my class if you check that out. And of course, that brought us to this very podcast. We run this podcast. You know, I really wanted to create something more than my usual podcast where I'm just talking into a microphone for 30 minutes without any interruption. And so when our reunion was unfortunately delayed, I decided to try and make the best of a bad situation. And knowing that our peers would have amazing stories and not wanting our 10-year graduation anniversary to pass without a notice, uh, I began reaching out to some classmates for Legion. The rest is history. 
I will say that the We Run This podcast has definitely helped me find a new direction for my life. Like I alluded to last episode, for the past decade, I've been really focused on operations and logistics as my career, specifically in the ad tech space. And what I told myself was my career was helping passionate people enable themselves to pursue their passions without having to worry about how to make a living off of it. But in reality, what I've discovered over the course of this year is that it's not passion itself that I'm interested in. It's stories. Stories of triumph and tragedy. Underdog stories and champion stories, stories of accomplishing great things, and stories of simply enjoying and thriving the small things in life. It just so happens that being passionate about something leads to a great story, and definitely all of our classmates are super passionate about whatever it is they're interested in, and you know, you guys have amazing stories. The stories that our guests have shared and having the privilege to be able to package them up and make them shine as brightly as they could, I found that that's I think what I really want to be doing in my life. As of right now, how I'm going to pursue that is up in the air. Since the podcast has started, I've shifted from doing full-time ad tech operations work to freelancing, doing some podcasting editing, some consulting, some data analysis, which if you think about it, is really storytelling just by looking at a data set, but uh, I'm still figuring out how to get to being a full-time storyteller in the future. Maybe it's by doing this podcast thing on the side when I end up finding a full-time job that interests me. If I'm lucky, maybe finding a full-time job with benefits that pays me to actually make podcasts. Maybe it's going back to grad school for a degree in journalism, or maybe it's just grinding away and leveling up my skills as an independent podcaster full-time and launching new shows, of which I have many ideas to do later this year. But who knows? But that's where I'm at. And you know, to be able to tell the stories, and in specific, the story of my peers, that's something that I'm thankful to have been able to done. So thank you. Next up, you've heard my story. And you've heard the stories of classmates I've gone out to interview. Now, we'll have the story of classmates who I wasn't able to connect with directly, but still are running things nonetheless. So if you've been paying attention to this show, you'll know I've been asking for you, my classmates, to send in a voicemail message letting the class know what it is you've been up to since graduating. And thankfully, some of you answered the call, which otherwise would have been made for a very awkward situation uh, when this episode came around if no one had sent something in. So without further ado, here are our classmates. Also, one note, many of these were sent back in the summer and fall before I took the unexpected hiatus. So things might have shifted for these classmates, but this is what I received, so this is what we're rolling with. Also a note, while I did my best to minimize the amount of editing, I may have cut a couple of entries a little bit short just for time purposes. Nothing too major though. All right, first up, we have someone who I have to give a shout to as getting me a voice memo on the very first day when this podcast came out. Uh, so you get to have yours played first. Hey everyone, it's Jana Parnell. I'm living in Jacksonville. I bought a house in Murray Hill a little over a year ago. I'm a physical therapist and I found out recently that I passed my board specialty exam. So I'm officially a women's health specialist. I get to help women with all different issues in all different aspects of their life. I still love living in Jacksonville and I'm hoping to see everyone next year for our 11th year reunion. Awesome, Zana, and congratulations on getting your board certification. Next up, we have someone who didn't stay as local to Jacksonville as Jana did, but lived in a bunch of places in the U.S. Hey everyone, this is Josh Gathrow. I have really enjoyed this podcast, but I've realized I've lost touch with most of you. 
So just want to give a quick update on what I've been up to. After graduation, I went to Utah State University and studied geology. While I was there, I took a two-year break to be a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Went to Arizona, got to learn, learn and speak Spanish. That was me riding around on a bike in a white shirt and tie, and I loved it. Went back to Utah State. Yeah, also got married while I was there to Emma Jones, who's also from Jacksonville. And we moved in 2016 from Utah to South Carolina so I could do my master's in geotechnical engineering. And that was at Clemson University. Then we moved in 2018 up to Greenville, where I now work as a geotechnical engineer for a company called SNME, and we really love it up here. If you guys are ever visiting Greenville, let me know. I'll take you out to lunch. Emma and I also have two little boys, Adam, who is almost four, and Wes, who is almost a year and a half, and we love being parents. Just to reminisce a little bit, I really miss Stan at all the good times we had, uh, one of some of the best times of my life. Uh, I think about uh, cramming for AP and European quizzes, um, joking with Kyle and Sybil in anatomy and physiology class, uh, messing around in Mr. Gandell's class, being on the cross-country team, doing the cross. We had a lot of good times, and I hope we stay in touch a little bit more. Keep up the good fight. Thanks for the stand memories, Joss, and congratulations on getting married and the kids. Another one of our classmates who moved out is Garrett White. Hey, y'all. This is Garrett White coming to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've been up here for about a year working as the biologist at John Hines National Wildlife Refuge, where I focus on habitat management, environmental education, and the like. Uh, if anyone's in the area, go ahead and reach out and through Facebook and hopefully catch up with everybody soon at the next reunion. Have a good one. If you remember, Garrett was actually the one who organized our 5U reunion a couple of years back. So thanks to you, Garrett, for pulling that off. Next up, we have someone who definitely took a path different than the ones he imagined in high school that's definitely shaped her perspective on the world and she's not afraid to share it despite whatever controversy it might, uh, it might raise. This is Lauren Durant, Lauren's known at Dayton, Lauren Mullins. Um, I've been listening to these podcasts and I've been thinking, you know, I'm not really going to submit anything because I feel as though I really haven't accomplished much. Um, I figured, you know, go ahead and submit it. If nothing else, I feel like the path I ended up on is interesting, if nothing else, for the topic of controversy. <laughs> for anyone who, you know, kind of knew me back then, my goal at the time was to become, you know, a head honcho at the Walt Disney World Company, which I did end up working for and I loved it, but I kind of realized it wouldn't have fit this lifestyle that I wanted ultimately, which was to have a family one day and working weekends and holidays all the time didn't really fit with how I wanted that. So um, I kind of switched over and ended up switching over to a focus in psychology and criminal justice. So for the last five years or so, I've been working mostly as a case manager in a federal correctional facility. We're contracted by the Federal Bureau of Prisons, but technically it's a private company, so a lot of people have a problem with the idea of making profit off of prisoners. And then the other aspect of controversy, of course, is that we are contracted specifically to hold non-U.S. citizens. That's where definitely the controversy kind of sets in. Having worked inside this facility for as long as I have, I feel like I've gained so much perspective and I can see that it's not exactly the way it seems either. The prison that I work at is, it's low-level security. The kind of programming that they have access to, they're able to earn their GED for free. They have accordion class and guitar class. They have excellent business classes. Of course, anger management, self-improvement classes such as that and parenting. 
um, as well as vocational courses. Uh, they have amazing opportunities while here, and it's definitely not like what you see in the movies and television shows. I think probably state prisons might be a bit closer to that. You know, I have been through a prison riot. We rode out hurricanes here. Very fulfilling. It's hard for me to think about going back to a hospitality type job after working here because there have been instances in which I feel like I've actually helped somebody. I've actually shown them that you don't have to go back to this, this life of crime. You don't have to see life the way you are currently. I think I have seen some pretty decent transformations or at least been a part of why laying the groundwork for giving them the chance to change. If you had asked me at Stanton whether I'd be interested in working in a federal prison, I would have laughed at you and said, uh, no. <laughs> but here I am and like I said, I, I kind of love it. So that's kind of my update and thanks for doing these. Thank you, Lauren. I definitely appreciate a different perspective on a career I honestly didn't really know much about. Next up, we have someone you may actually have heard on this podcast if you listen to the trailer episode I put out before Corey and Lindsay's episode. Hey everyone, this is James Chang. So after I graduated from my undergrad at Northwestern, I came back to Florida to do a master's in orchestra conducting at FSU's College of Music. Then I went back to Chicago, hoping to make a career in music. I'm currently freelancing as a classical musician, which is a little difficult and a pandemic, but I am involved with both the Elmhurst Symphony and the Apollo Chorus, in, both in Chicago. Some of you may remember my obsession with Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring. Well, I am proud to announce that I have been involved with a new critical performing edition of the score and parts, which is to be released this year. I hope everyone is healthy and safe, and hopefully I'll see you all soon. Thanks, James. Now, as actually, as I alluded to earlier, I'm starting a podcast the very same day this episode goes out called Year in Memes. And if you're friends with James on Facebook, you know he is quite the memester. So, of course, I needed to invite him onto the show to talk about that. So if you miss James, you know, make sure you check out the Year in Memes podcast. Now, COVID's obviously been a big factor that's had a huge influence on this year, as James noted. This next classmate of ours is actually working directly with trying to deal with the COVID situation in her community. Hey guys, it's Chelsea Stacy. I live in Grand Junction, Colorado, about four hours west of Denver. After Stanton, I went to University of Florida, got a bachelor's, then I went to Denver and I got a master's in public health with a concentration in epidemiology. Kind of a hot topic now with COVID. Um, I'm an epidemiologist at a local health department out here. Before COVID, I got to work on a lot of different infectious disease and data projects. I did some work with case investigation, contact tracing for active tuberculosis. I got to do some case interviews of people with foodborne illnesses, uh, and I worked closely with our mosquito control district uh, with a few data projects for them. And then back in March, we got our first COVID case out here in our area. And I've been working on COVID 24 seven um, ever since then. Our county is about 150,000 people. And for a while, it was just a couple of us doing case investigation, contact tracing. Then we had a surge back in October. We started to see 100 to 200 new cases a day and had to quickly ramp up. <laughs> I'd say we have about 37 case investigators now. It's been pretty overwhelming. 
A really great professional experience though. Kind of crazy, as you guys know, things change daily. Guidance changes daily. Um, and unfortunately, local local public health finds out at roughly the same time as the general public. So a lot of uh, being flexible this year. Um, but hopefully we all get to meet together as a group um, next year sometime with the new vaccine. And that's what I've been up to. Thank you, Chelsea, for all of your work in trying to help track down COVID. And also a special thanks to all of our healthcare and frontline workers among our classmates who have been dealing with the pandemic all year long. And finally, we have someone who actually kind of already has appeared on the We Run This podcast in a sense. That's right. Alex Johnson sent in a message. Let's see what he's been up to. Hey, everybody. Alex Johnson here. I currently live in Seattle, Washington. Moved here in 2017, and I am a behavioral therapist, a nutritional therapist, and a private chef. After graduating from Stanton, went to the University of Florida. Shout out to your boys, Mark Michalucci, Corey Harb, Chase McCall, Meredith Rowe, Sherwin Rio, Tyler Strickland. Um, and I studied psychology and theater, which two degrees people told me I couldn't do anything with. And they were probably right, but I found this program called Arts and Medicine, which really brought the two together. Uh, it was about bringing the therapeutic wellness of art into places where people need it most, uh, people in hospitals or people dealing with shitty situations. I was working a lot in clinics and I was working a lot in home doing therapy. And I was just needing something more. You know, I, I moved to New York after the University of Florida and that was great. It just was exhausting. I needed to be closer to land. I needed to be uh, immersed more into community. So I moved to Seattle, started working in the farmer's market in my spare time when I wasn't doing therapy. And that's when I became obsessed with food, where it came from, who was growing it, how are they growing it, why are they growing it? And so I went back and started studying nutritional therapy. And from there, everything really opened up for me. I started making programs where I'd bring kids to the farmer's market where they could meet the farmers, learn about the food, you know, put a face to everything that's packaged and wrapped and processed in the supermarket and learn about like how it looks in its whole real and raw form. That was awesome. And it has been awesome. Of course, with this year, all those community groups have had to take a step back. And so me and my fiance created Regenerative Cooking School. And it's a place where we teach people what to cook, how to cook, why to cook, why it's important, not only for them and their health, their family's health, but also the health of the planet and the land. It took all the things that we were doing on the side, all of our side projects, and this year has really forced us to see what's important and you know make a choice to take those passion projects and turn them into now our full-time gigs. And it's just been amazing. And I owe so much of that to all of you, Stan College Prep, class of 2010. You know, it was, it was through you guys that I learned what a group of different beautiful thinkers and minds can come together and do when there is a unified vision and when you just choose to collaborate with each other. So I'm super grateful for all of you. For my time at Stan College Prep, I would not be where I am today without you. And I can't wait to see you all again. Even if I don't think I would have expected you to end up on this path, Alex, I can't say I'm surprised that you're killing it out there. Thanks for sending it in. And again, thank you to all of our classmates, Jaina, Josh, Garrett, Lauren, James, Chelsea, and Alex for submitting their stories to the show. As promised, each submission of theirs will be matched by a donation from me to the Jacksonville Public Education Fund, so that's a $140 donation I'll be making in our class's name. Next up, we'll reflect on our classmates who, unfortunately, are no longer with us. 
Now, the We Run This podcast is meant to be a celebration of our class and our accomplishments and what we've been able to do in the last 10 years since graduation. Unfortunately, the sad reality of life is that not all of our classmates are with us anymore, and I wanted to take the time to pay tribute to the memory of two of our classmates who have passed on. I don't want this segment to be sad and to dwell on the tragedies that took them from us, but rather, I wanted to focus on the light and life that our classmates had and how they're still with us and the memories we have of them even now. And who better to do that than their closest friends? So first off, we remember Jitseli Pichardo, who passed away in 2012. We have three of her friends, Sybil, Rani, and Christiane, who talk about Jitseli's boundless energy and how she ran things, and continues to run things, and help them even now. Take it away, girls. My name is Sybil Wright, and I'm currently residing in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm still working remotely for the company that I've been working for for three years in Jacksonville. Here, it's a behavioral health organization, and I recently completed my master's in industrial organizational psychology with the goals of consulting for therapy companies and other businesses to boost worker satisfaction. Hey guys, this is Randy Morales. I am currently based out of Tampa, St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm with Fanatics Inc. currently, and I'm managing some licensed sports apparel for NFL and NHL events. Yeah, so my name is Christiane Salmon. I'm living in Denver, Colorado. I've been here just shy of a year, and I'm currently working as an executive assistant at Keller Williams Real Estate. So the first time I met Jet Sully was sitting in Mrs. Ironwood's freshman year um, history class. Gradually, we started to talk. I, especially freshman year, was painfully shy. And Jed Sully caught on to the fact that I wasn't attending certain things like pep rallies, uh, dances, football games and steering clear of anything that involved socializing. So when she picked up on that, we got close enough. She made an effort to ensure that I didn't continue to miss out on what Stan was offering. She made me push my comfort zone and actually enjoy them. And ultimately, I feel like that really created the opportunity for me to make the most out of those four years at Stan and to develop the friendships that I still have today thanks to that school. I met Jet freshman year of high school, I think through Sybil actually, just hanging out day to day uh, and then quickly became pretty good friends after that, best friends. So we were actually in Norma Crespo Larry, so Miss uh, Crespo's Spanish class and you know I want to Apologize to anyone in advance that had that class with us because we were a hoot. We officially met in that class. We both wanted to go to a football game that weekend. She wanted to go, I wanted to go, and we ended up going together, and that was honestly the beginning of the friendship. She was certainly outgoing, but more than that, she had a very bubbly personality that's pretty hard to have a bad time when she was present. She was always laughing, finding the humor in situations, and if I ever had anything that was pestering me, I could consult with her on it. She was just one of those people that the things that I thought were the biggest hardships at the time, she could have me laughing within minutes and determining how to handle it and move on. She was very loyal, dependable, um, insightful, and very, very much compassionate. She's very bubbly and just really, really outgoing. Um, very extroverted person, super warm and inviting. It was always a good time 
definitely a good laugh. Uh, if, if anyone remembers anything, I'm sure they'll recall how great her laugh was. So, and infectious. Beyond that bubbly, funny persona, I'd say she was very selfless, always went out of her way to help anyone, whether a task was big or small. Um, she was always there for you. So that was always an amazing thing about her. I, I don't know. She was like really close to my family. Sometimes when my dad would be traveling, back then she'd even I'd be off in college she was still in Jacksonville she'd even come over and hang out with my mom just to keep her company um, just like the two of them so they they she was very close with my family so she was always there for anything like I said big or small you know I could use the word best friend but I don't even think that does our relationship justice she was genuinely my sister she was literally the person I could hang out with any day you know we could just be sitting there doing nothing, hanging out, or I could call her to do anything, vice versa. She was just always there. She was a sister to me. Okay, well, a huge favorite memory for me would be that Jessely got me to come early to school most mornings. Earlier on, I think freshman, sophomore years, we would come and play Foursquare, and I would be pretty exhausted, but it was still like the peak of the day for me going. It was super competitive and hilarious. She had me play flag football, which I never had envisioned for myself, but it was a blast. She was much better at it than I was, and the coaches loved her. She was pretty fearless and fast. No one could keep up. Just the practices and everything were a joy because Jet Sully off the field from outside of a game was just cracking up laughing and making everything so enjoyable. Whenever she would come over to our house, my mom loved it because in, no matter what room in the house my mom was in, she could hear Jet Sally's laughter just fill the house. And she could tell that we were having a great time. When I was at FSU and she was still going to school in Jack's, she had come up and visited us. That was a fun time. The memories were us both dancing in class, talking in class nonstop, laughing in class. Uh, you know, like I said, sorry if you had a class with us. <laughs> really loud. I mean, we traveled, we went to Orlando, see our good friend Cena. That was kind of a one of our first memories together, I would say, out of high school. We went over to UCF and spent the weekend with him and just always have a good time. We kind of grew out of that high school into adulthood together. I think it's unfortunate for the people who didn't get to get very close to her because she was such a good friend in the sense that Throughout high school, if I had any kind of conflict issue that I needed to speak to someone about, I could call her and she would actively listen. She would give me very insightful and compassionate advice on how to handle a situation. And this also continued into college for me because we were still close um, when I was at FSU. There was a million times I feel like where I would just call her and no matter what she would get back to me and I could figure out how to proceed with that situation and move on. Sometimes it would probably end with us both laughing on the phone at how silly I am for overthinking things and I definitely was inspired by her lack of giving into other people's opinions or like self-defeating thoughts. Whenever I sometimes find myself in those similar situations that I would have 
in the past been able to consult her on, I just have to rationalize that whatever she might have said to me back then still applies now. And she really did have a great perspective on life and how to be successful and happy. With all the happenings in life, I, I actually do try to th think through her lens sometimes I try to remind myself especially when things aren't going so well just because she was so positive to try to look at things through her perspective and what you know she would have said about a certain situation I try to use that to help myself navigate whenever I get a little stressed out sometimes I'm just like you know what would she do in this she'd probably just have a laugh about this and try to take things a little more lightly. Her memory definitely stays with me. And I think something that I always have to remind myself is just to keep that positive spirit. You know, she was always a positive spirit in my life. And the best thing to do would be to honor her memory just by living that best life that she always did. You know, she was always high on life and always happy no matter what circumstance she would always get through it. And, you know, bringing that type of energy into my life and trying to live that vicariously, you know, every day, I think is so important, you know, not that many people get a friendship like the one that we had in their lifetime. So I'm just genuinely blessed for the time that I did have with her and, you know, the life lessons she taught me, the kind of friend that she always was. Oh my goodness. She lived true to that motto. She loved that motto. She loved the pep rallies. She loved school spirit. She was incredibly proud of going to Stanton. I think that she tackled every situation in her life with that level of determination and wanting to be the best. I, I think she truly left a legacy that coincides with the motto, we run this. I think that she was just such a, an innately good person with just really good positive energy. And I think everyone can agree or has seen how impactful that was. You know, whenever she was around you, you were just in such good spirits. She, she just constantly brought things and gave it such good energy. You know, she ran her life, you know, she was in control. She made sure that it was a good day no matter what. And she just, she ran it and it's important to, you know, keep that spirit going. You know, she's with us in spirit and to keep that positive spirit, that positive energy, attitude. Her laugh was contagious. It's the, you, you could hear it from the other room across the hall. You could hear her laugh and, you know, anyone that knows her it will immediately remember that. Uh, so, you know, she ran this and she will continue to always run this in our hearts and our spirits and we miss it a lot. And then we have Lily Zahn, who unfortunately passed away this year in 2020. Here we have two of her friends and roommates, Kayla and Jordan, who just talk about how great of a friend she was and how she ran things, even though Kayla reminded me that Lily probably would have thought that was a bit of a cheesy question I was asking them, but I mean, it's me. Anyway, take it away, guys. My name is Kayla Manninquill. I live in Washington, DC, uh, and I'm currently an analyst for the US government. This is Jordan McKenzie returning to the We Run This podcast under sadder circumstances. We met when I was in the sixth grade. We both went to James Wilson Johnson, go Trojans. <laughs> 
but we actually didn't really start getting closer till I think seventh grade. We met in like the cafeteria a lot and we had, you know, when you're in middle school, you start having those crushes on like boys that like who don't like you back and like all that. So we were just, you know, bonding over that and worried that we would never find a man and all that, all that silly stuff. Um, but yeah, we met there and stayed friends throughout high school and then, you know, eventually just became one of my closest and best friends. And we uh, were roommates in college um, at Florida. I first met Lily in the the smaller courtyard where everybody would eat lunch. And I remember we were in gym at Stanton in ninth grade. And I know Kayla was there and people were discussing pronouns in French. And I butted in because I wanted to talk to them. And that was when I met Lily. <laughs> we did multi together. So she did a lot of like the K-pop. She was like one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life and was never like a showy person about it. She was a great um, musician, dancer, writer, all of these like really great things. So yeah, when we did multi together, she did Hawaiian, Filipino, K-pop, a bunch of different things with me. I think we would see each other sometimes at like music festivals for piano. And sometimes we would just like write like poems and show them to each other. So that was something from Stanton as well. At Stanton, Lily was part of my, basically my circle, my lunch table. It was me, uh, Victoria, Jessica, uh, Rebecca, Garima, Tina, and Lily. And we would all sit together and goof around. Lily was a total, in her whole life, she was very quiet, but a total jokester. Everything was a joke. Everything was funny. Very serious and sardonic, but also very cynical and didn't take anything seriously. So I guess that's a... A kind of paradox. Just a fun person, but also somebody that was really hard to kind of crack and hard to hard to peel off her outer shell. And you know, she was really was very reserved unless you knew her. I mean, Lily was bar none my best friend of, of all in the whole world. And Lily was incredibly smart. She was super witty. She was wiser than her years, as they say. She just was incredibly perceptive. She was I mean, I can't, I can't say enough. She just got it. You know, that, that's probably how I would say it. Um, yes, yeah, it's hard looking back 10 years ago. I'm, the memories I have from college are a lot more. Uh... Oh, I've, so it's funny, actually. So, like, when she passed, um, I don't know, for those of you who might not know, like, her Facebook had been deactivated prior to uh, her passing. So a lot of the photos and memories that we have, at least from her point of view, ha- are gone. But some of them I remember forever because they're just so silly. So like, yeah, we, I had a bunch. When she passed, I made a little like, I guess, note in my phone to like of just all the like silly things that like we'd done or like made or um, spent time doing together. So like our first night at UF in our new apartment, we got locked out. Um <laughs> What else? We love to watch scary movies, which is really hilarious because I'm a huge chicken, but she loved them and loved laughing at me be terrified. One of the, I think, running jokes that I'm sure a lot of people from college and maybe some from high school know too is that Lily and I always joked that uh, she and I were probably each other's real true soulmate and (laughs) there was never any man who was going to be good enough for us. Um, Probably one of my funniest memories with her was we had a mutual friend who, for Valentine's Day, cooked us a surprise romantic dinner, (laughs) which was like us 
um, in our apartment with like rose petals everywhere and candlelight dinner and steak. And it was just so silly and funny. And we were just, we were so red and couldn't look each other in the face. But like, that's pretty much like how close uh, we were when uh, we were living together. But yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of memories. I have a really long note of all these things that I just have in my in the back of my head. And sometimes I'll like look through them and scroll and just remember and laugh. Lily did her undergrad at UF and then I started at UF. We were such good friends. And just like when you start college, you're bored that I would go to, she took an anthropology class and I would go sit next to her. I wasn't even in the class, but I was bored and had nothing to do. And we, we had ba- I basically audited the class just off the record and sat next to her. And I would go pick her up at the, where her and Kayla lived and drive her to the class. We eventually actually lived together when I did my master's and when she did our master's for two years, we lived together in Gainesville. And I mean, we spent most every waking moment together, walking to school in the morning, walking home in the afternoon, cooking, going to the store, um, going on road trips. She met my family. I had known her family since high school, but we really forged. I think when we did our master's really forged a lifelong bond she was funny like she was so so funny like you know we didn't have to go out to have like a good time we could literally be like sitting at home staring at the wall and she'd be making puns or like spongebob jokes and i would be dying of laughter she was so so funny um she and i just like i don't know there's never been anybody and i don't think there ever will be again at least for me someone who i was so so close to because we'd grown up together like i've known i'd known her for gosh, like almost all of my life. She was just really, we just got each other. We made the same stupid jokes and like we pretended not to like, we pretended to be like grossed out by each other, but like we got each other. Just probably, yeah, she's just my soulmate. I I don't know how to say it better than that. Lily was incredibly talented. There was very little that she couldn't do. I mean, she was a phenomenal cook. She knew how to use a knife and sharpen it very well. She knit. She played piano absolutely beautifully. If, if James Chang compliments your piano playing, you've um, <laughs> reached the pinnacle of piano success. She had a really quick sense of humor. She could drop a pun really quickly. Her her Chinese and her English was perfectly, you know, fluent in both of those. She had this really deep knowledge of proverbs in both languages. I mean, she was constantly making references that I didn't even know. Just a very, like I said, a, a dry, sardonic wit, but just super quick and super smart. As a person, Lily was probably the most generous person I've ever met. Like she always went out of her way to help other people, but was super bashful about asking for help, didn't want other people to help her, didn't want to be a burden to others, but she was always looking for ways to divest of her skills and and, and things that she had. So I think she's kept me kind of like grounded, I suppose, because I wanted, when I graduated high school, the, honestly, the one thing I wanted to do was get as far away from Jacksonville as possible. And nothing against Jacksonville. It was just, I wanted to go explore a little bit more, but Florida was just cheaper for me to go to. And neither me nor Lily were happy about going to University of Florida. We were like, oh, it's hot. We just don't, we didn't want to be there. But like, I'm honestly really glad that I had her there because I think it's really easy for people, like the further away they get from home and from like their memories and things that they did growing up. It's kind of sad because you lose that part 
that part of that memory in your brain in your mind it's still there but like it's not as easy to recall but with lily like she always she was always there for a part for a big part until i moved to dc we always talked and we always like laughed about the memories that we would like recall back from like two 2006 or 2004 or something really really way far back that I probably would have never remembered if I hadn't been uh, such good and stayed such good friends with her so like for me I think for the longest time she was home or at least part of it I think more than anything there's there's kind of a loss for words there's not expression there's not adequate expressions not adequate words or phrases things that you can find and I mean eventually the stock phrases that people use when people die they don't mean much of anything you know she's in a better place or she was such a good friend to me or how could this happen? You know, it doesn't, it all, it, it just loses any sense of resonance. I think more than anything, it's the, the, the inability to really find some quick snappy phrase or some way to express how much she meant to me that, that tells me that she did mean a lot. I think the kind of unconditional friendship, you know, that somebody can offer and always being there for you and always being there for others is something that you just really, you know, you never forget that and it stays with you. And it's it's what I think they mean when they say that it's indelible. It's really funny. Can I be candid? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that she would have like she probably, honestly I think she would have thought that was really cheesy. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> Lily would have she would have rolled her eyes <laughs> to have been like what the what the hell does that mean? You know, she just had there's a French word, the joie de vivre, or just she had a joy about everything that she did. And she was, she did it with like, I don't know what you want to call it. Everything she did was with passion. Like she loved her motorcycle. She loved cooking. She was a great cook. She was such a good friend. She would talk to you no matter how you like, and she wouldn't judge you for what you were doing or how you were reacting to something or the choices that you might make. She was just going to be there for you. She was just a really, really, in my opinion, really talented and underappreciated person, if that makes sense. Like, I think she had so much beauty and talent and light and unfortunately, you know, life got in the way and I don't know, she was my, she was my very best friend and I don't know, the world is a lot sadder and a lot less bright without her in it. You know, she ran it, I mean, like Xavier spoke at Lily's memorial and he just said, you know, she was a real deal. She was legit. Lily was just this like super smart, just she did it, you know? And I think that it, whatever running it means, I think that's, that's what it was. And, you know, she kept her head down. She didn't want for recognition or fame or uh, some great increase in wealth or anything. And, and she was more talented, smarter, more wise than anybody I've ever known. I think in the sense of being totally humble, perfectly gracious, perfectly self-aware you know that was her and that was i think what it means to run it it's just not not to take yourself or life too seriously and not to get too caught up in the the day-to-day crap that we have to deal with I'm, i'm really really grateful for the memories and grateful that i had all this time with her pardon me which is i you know i still had more and i was actually gonna ask her to be a bridesmaid and i had all this like stuff planned but i mean I, i'm sure she knows and i know she's like on some plane of existence right now probably laughing that i'm being such a sap because again she did not like sappiness at all miss her
Jacelli, Lily, your guys' impact on us, the class of 2010, will never be forgotten. They say that we only really truly pass on when there is no one left to remember us and to tell our stories. If that's the case, I know you guys will be with us for a very, very long time still to come. Thanks again to Sybil, Rani, Christiana, Kayla, and Jordan for sharing their memories of our classmates. And with that, we've come to a close for the We Run This podcast. At least for now. This was definitely a project I envisioned and meant to be tied to this one specific moment in time to be a placeholder for a postponed in-person 10-year reunion. But who knows? I may bring this feedback in the future if circumstances call for it. There are, of course, so many other classmates who I haven't yet fully profiled. Andrew Hanna, I'm looking at you. You are super busy. Uh, And it might be interesting in a few years to follow up, even with those who I've covered this season, to see how things have changed for them. Maybe as we get closer to the actual in-person 11-year reunion, I might do a few episodes to help promote that event to build hype. Or, you know, you may even see me walking around our in-person reunion with microphone in hand to try to capture the event for a special episode. Who knows? Anything is possible. What I do know is that between now and whenever the next time you hear me on this feed, I know that all you beautiful, wonderful, talented people will keep doing what you do best and running this. Special thanks to all of the guests who appear on the We Run This podcast and who took the time out of their schedules to let me virtually shove a microphone in their face and for trusting their stories to me. That would be Lindsay Ott, Corey Harb, Victoria Sammy, Emma Flanders Cassanda, Danny Canudo, Rebecca Kiddo, Austin Weitzel, Siren Wio, David Owen Keister, Dylan Scott, Carly Fuller, Jordan McKenzie, Irina Wong, Xavier Barriowan, Devin Pascoe, Joss and Sabrina Valoria, Crystal and Taylor Hill, Ben Sullivan, Brandon Seck, and Sister Catherine Lopez. And of course, to everyone who sent in their voicemails this episode, and to Sybil, Rani, Christiane, Jordan, and Kayla for sharing their memories of our classmates who are no longer with us. Shout out to everyone who I reached out to early on in the planning process to help me brainstorm guests to have on this show. The intro and outro music you're listening to right now comes from our very own classmate, Xavier Barrierwan, aka Namekian Silk, aka Frank Lozen. He actually has a debut EP coming out on January 1st called First Coast. You can find it on Facebook, Spotify, or Bandcamp to listen to it. Make sure you check it out. He does amazing work. Additional music comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Also, the views and opinions expressed on the show are those of those featured alone and do not reflect the opinions of any other organization. The We Run This podcast is produced and edited by Ninja Boy Media and hosted by me, Paul Bautista. You can check out any of the other podcasts I work on by searching for Ninja Boy Media, Boy with an I, on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you're so inclined, feel free to leave a review on this podcast if you enjoyed it on any of those platforms. Or, you know, I'll probably post new episodes on my Facebook or Instagram. If you're a sand classmate, you know how to hit me, send me a friend request, and I'll definitely add you on. Anyway, that's it for now. I can't say for sure exactly when we'll meet again, be it digitally or in person. But until then, I am, and always will be, Paula Bautista. And remember, we run this. (laughs) 